Welcome to the Founders and Friends podcast with Scott Orn of Cruise Consulting. This week's episode is with Mike Barash of Codeword Agency. Mike has built one heck of a company there along with his partners. They have tons of startup clients. They also have some big guys like Google, but a great company. Mike knows everything about PR. He's learned the business from the ground up. Tons of good advice here. Also good advice about taking risks in your life. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Mike's a lot of fun and we had a lot of fun recording this. Welcome to Founders and Friends podcast. We've renamed in honor, not in honor of everybody that's been on it, but uh, especially Mike Barash from Codeword PR Agency, who's our guest today. Welcome, Mike. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for coming by. Of course. Uh, so, Mike, fresh off Coachella <laughs> and Guns N' Roses, exactly what you want to do for your voice to be perfect yeah, for first radio. Day. day. Day one back <laughs> after eating more dust and food for, for two days in that uh, desert. Yeah. So, welcome. Thanks for, for doing this. Sure. Uh, so, Mike is, and I'm not exaggerating here, my friend who knows the most about PR. He's amazing. He's my go-to guy. I email him all the time. Probably too many times. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. Not lately. You're too busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Mike runs CodeWord, which is a tech PR firm that's totally kicking ass. I'll let him tell you a little about it. But uh, but we're really lucky to have Mike here for a little bit of time. He can share some some advice, some anecdotes, and and you know I always like to start. How did you how did you get into this? Like how did you get into the business? The business, good question. I kind of fell into it after college. I didn't even know I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I wanted to be a writer. Uh, I didn't think I could actually do that, and so not that I didn't have the confidence to. I just didn't know that you could just move to L.A. and like try it. So. Yeah. Um, I got a, a sales job that I hated, and then um, a girl that I was seeing at the time, her roommate was doing PR for startups, and she seemed to always be like going to Vegas and having fun and doing interesting things. And so I thought, I'll try this. And it was in 2000, and then um, you know things went up really fast for a little bit, and then kind of cratered. And um, I just uh, PR was a world that I was able to kind of navigate. It combined it combined. Uh, my love for writing with taking sort of complex ideas and helping to make them simple, helping founders who knew that they had something really interesting on their hands, but they didn't know how to tell the world about it. Yeah. And then selling that idea to press. Yeah. And so it was, um, it was quickly a, a good fit. That's a, that's a great story. So I, I always feel like we, cause I started in 99 out of college. I feel like we got so lucky in that we caught the, the first boom. And got a ton of experience, even though like our whole lives were shook up like a year later when yeah. everything crashed. Like, Although I was like... too young to know or care really what was happening. <laughs> like I was aware that it was not great for people, but I had my, still had my job and just kind of heads down. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but yeah, I think we were, I, I, I always was kind of bummed that I missed that boat from like 95 to 99. Yeah. Um, just cause I feel like a lot of, there was a, a lot of, uh, not easy money, but, but easier opportunities, you know? Um, but yeah, I think we, we really hit it at a good time and yeah. we've weathered some shit now. And so we yeah. kind of know what to do. Yeah. That's a good point. So how did you, how did you go from just working at agency to starting your own firm? Like that's a really big deal. Um, well I was at, I was at a bunch of agencies. I, I would stay someplace for like a year and a half, two years. And then, uh, end up either not getting bored, that's not fair, but getting kind of trapped in mm. a role that needed more time to get out of that I felt that I was ready to get beyond yeah. or I wanted to do something else with different clients. So I kind of went from um, you know, an agency focusing on one thing to another agency focusing on something else. And then I went to a bigger agency to get uh, more brand experience. And then I went to um, Atomic PR, which um, I, I that was by far my favorite experience. And I got uh, to run a team that was like starting my own little agency within a bigger agency. And so that was kind of a, a good taste of what agency life would be like. Um, but with the, uh, sort of a safety net underneath. Um, and then I kind of hit this peak where like, I'd be talking to a guy like you across the table and I was a VP and I thought, you know, I don't know what this guy knows. I know nothing about business. I've only been 
an agency guy and know the PR game, yeah, but you don't but know. It made me just feel bad. Like I couldn't yeah. talk to them. I couldn't have good conversations. And so I was lucky enough to work with a woman named Eileen, who is a client of mine at Blurb. Um, and Blurb yeah. is a, a photography book company that I kind of fell in love with. And so we would travel everywhere while I was her agency. And then she kind of, um, I didn't know it at the time. I thought it was my idea, but she had been sort of trying to recruit me for a year or so. And so I'm like, hey, I have an idea. And she's like, yeah, welcome to the party. Yeah, here's your, here's yeah. your signature. Your, and so uh, I went internal document. and I ran marketing for her for like um, four years. Yeah. And then after oh, that, uh, yeah. And so that way I got to see like how, how a company works and like they actually made books and in quantities of one or hundreds. And so I got to see like, this is what production looks like yeah. and this is how it relates to product design and engineering and fulfillment and customer support. And so after that, um, you know, I did, I did partnerships and marketing and PR and events. And so it was kind of a nice broad exposure to how a business runs and then how to, how to get the word out and actually sell stuff. Um, and then, so after that, I didn't know, I wanted to do something on my own, but I'm not like a widget guy or an engineer. Yeah. And so I just thought, well, I'll do consulting and yeah. then, um, kind of, you know, quickly realized that I, I knew enough people and could, could sell these services. And so then thought, well, I could do this mercenary thing forever, but it's kind of unfulfilling cause I'm alone. Um, and having an agency sounded great. Yeah. So I found a couple of my friends, one a journalist and the other one, uh, actually a money guy from New York. Um, named, <laughs> I've named met Jeff. your money guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Great. He's, yeah. he's amazing. And so, uh, Kyle was my journalist friend and he and I had had this talk in, um, in Austin at South by one year, just like, I think we could do this agency thing better. Um, you know, we could sort of flip the model on its head, work with startups, charge a little bit less and, and set it up with more senior people and, and really make it work. Um, and so then when, when I said to him, let's, let's do this now, he said, well, you should meet my friend, Jeff. I said, I don't know, man. We don't need a money guy. We're an agency. Yeah. And, um, and then I met Jeff, and I like to, to tell people, not Kyle necessarily, but I, I met Jeff, and I was like, we don't need Kyle. Let's do this. <laughs> but we do need Kyle, and he's still here, and he's, a, he's, uh, he's our, our founder as well. Um, Is he the New York partner? Yeah. I remember you introducing me yeah. to him. Uh, yeah. yeah. He was cool. And uh, so it's Kyle, and then uh, Michael is our fourth partner in New York. And so awesome. the two of them run New York, and then Jeff runs Utah, and I run here. Got it. Um, but that's kind of how we started, and Jeff and I were the – the two that were there through the lean years, like, you know, no office, three clients, yeah. um, trying to figure out, you know, I was basically like, okay, Jeff, when people pay us, they're going to pay you. And then I'll tell you how much money I need to live and you give it to me yeah. if you can, you yeah. know, but I didn't, <laughs> I know how to do money stuff, but you can't do, I didn't want to do client stuff and it's really try to hard. run a business. It would yeah. have fallen on its face because yeah. I know what I'm bad at. And yeah. um, Jeff is great at all the things yeah. that I'm good at, but then at, at the other things too. Well, having a partner you can trust is, is huge. <clears throat> I mean, I know for us, it's like, I, I've told you this before, like simple things that everyone thinks they know how to do, like collections or keeping mm -hmm. your own book straight or whatever. You know, it's just so hard to run the business while being a service provider. Cause, it's super hard. Because you, you find like, I find at Cruise Consulting, like Vanessa and I, like we'll react to that. We put the clients ahead of ourselves. And so like, we'll react to these cl clients are sending urgent emails all day long. Mm -hmm. And then they'll be like, Hey, you haven't billed me like in the three weeks. And we're like, yeah, I know it's because <laughs> you keep sending us emails telling us to do stuff. Yeah. It's just, it's really hard to balance that. Well, there's, there's, you know, things that slip through the cracks and then yeah. there's people who just don't pay you. And yeah. then there's, you know, when, when should I hire my next person? Yeah. Um, do I have enough money? How do I know that? Do I forecast it? Like, what does a model look yeah. like? And I, those are things that, that I have a brain for, but I didn't want to like my highest and best use is going to sell the yes. agency and getting yeah. people in the door. And yeah. so if Jeff was a perfect compliment and yeah. he was able to help me figure out, like not even help me, just tell me, okay, you can hire someone now. Yeah. Um, and, and we've developed a very close friendship and, 
you know, talk a few times That's a day. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I was going back to your uh, comments about Blurb. I remember seeing Eileen speak at the Montgomery Conference probably in like 08. Mm-hmm. She was really dynamic. She's was, great. Yeah, oh my she's God. a really good CEO. Yeah, like, she was fantastic. Is she still Blurb or is she She, is she just transitioned else? like a few months ago from oh, wow. CEO to, um, I think she's chairman of the board okay, and is yeah. like kind of involved on, on yeah. a day-to-day basis, but not as much as she was. She was, she was awesome. Yeah. She, she could pitch. Yeah. She, I felt like my checkbook coming out of my pocket as she was talking. Yeah, easiest amazing. person to ever do PR for because <laughs> yeah. I would just be like, okay, here's your notes. Go into this room and then yeah. when you're done, come back out. Yeah, she like, was amazing. <laughs> so what do, you, what, what do you look for in your clients now? Because like, I think a lot of people don't appreciate that, you know, like, you know, code word or even cruise or something. Like we're, we're, we're selling, but we're also kind of looking for the right client, the right kind of person we want to work with. Like, sure. What do you look for? We don't do any like outreach or marketing outbound. We just kind of, we go to events and like with our clients and meet people that way, or it's client referrals or it's, you know, we saw the work you did for big switch. So we, we think that we're in a similar space. Can you help us? Um, But it's a lot of that. And it's not like, okay, here's our outbound marketing plan. Um, and, and we look for, you know, we do, so just a word, we're a code word agency. We do PR, we do also content design, advertising, branding, um, strategy. So we, we've sort of like by virtue of starting with a journalist and a finance guy and me, um, we have these built-in other capabilities yeah. that we've grown as a business has needed to support it, and we've added an art department and stuff like that. So, um, you know, on the one hand, we look for startup clients that that have you know a little bit of money so that they can support a program because I think PR is best when it's ongoing and not just like lights on, lights yep. off. Um, and then, you know, other than that, we look for a, a good story, somebody who's not going to be just a one-trick pony. You know, there's a lot of apps that are sort of neat. But then once you launch them and you say, okay, this app does thing X, like what's next? Where's you know? it going? Yeah. And I've made, you know, that's, I've made mistakes and not even mistakes, but worked with companies that that's, that's the case. And then after three months, you're like, okay. Um, <laughs> so the plan for the I've next three months. i to every single yeah. journalist I could possibly talk to. Yeah. Like we can't just go back and tell them to write about you again. That's yeah. not interesting to yeah. them or to you. Um, so we, we look for people who have sort of a compelling story and a vision and a roadmap and interesting uh, real leadership behind them. Um, you know, we've seen all kinds of companies over the years, and some of them come with a perfect pedigree, like great leaders from all over different communities. And they're like this music company that had just all of the right people. They had a great product, it looked like. They had a great plan and model. They had label deals. They had um, a little bit of money. And they're so exciting and dynamic. And we thought, oh my God, this is going to be fantastic. And then a year and a half down the road, like, just mistake, mistake, mistake. It didn't really come yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. And you, you sort of see those things enough and it's different, but it's similar to VC deal flow on a very different scale. Um, but you just learn like, okay, these are the things that I'm going to look for. These yep. are the things that are important to me. And it's usually like, it's, it's people to be honest with yeah. you. It's like the, somebody who you can talk to and you know that they're just substantial. They're able to weather a storm. They have a good idea. They're confident. They're you know, able to talk about and articulate what they want to do. Yeah. You're also like in the coaching business a little bit now, you know, you have to be able to, the founder has to be a little bit malleable to your, and and be willing to experiment and kind of take your advice and apply it. And I'm sure, you know, 50% of the founders out there are still working on that. Whereas like you find someone who's like immediately incorporating your advice, it's got to feel really good. Um, yeah, it does. You, I mean, there, it's all kinds, right? Like I think I tell people this job is at least 75% therapy and I think that that's true, <laughs> you know, whether it's to the employees or to clients or talking to press. Um, but you're oftentimes trying to just sort of help somebody 
get confident about the story they want to tell um, or, or tell it in the right way or just remind them these are the three things that you need to hit. Um, but there's, there are times when we, we definitely butt heads with the, with the clients that we work with because they'll hire us to do, to do this thing and then they, they don't see the value in the thing that they've, that they've bought or they think that they know how to do the thing yeah. better and so they want to like they just they, they kind of get in the way and and it's not like that's a deal breaker but there's a lot of coaching that happens yeah. there it's it's more like the coaching around okay this is why this thing that we need to do this is why it's important to do these things on the way or this is why we're doing this and not this or this is why we need to do it in 3 weeks and not in 2 weeks yep. and you can't skip 5 steps you have you to do the right. hard work yeah what do you you said something i've always i've always loved this about you you always say like you have to get the journalists like the the people who are writing interested about the company story like how do you do that or what are the things they're looking for like what's interesting I to think a they're, journalist they're interested in like they're not interested in being a marketing mouthpiece or yeah. telling you know this product is available today some are because that's what their their um, publication is about but most of the big ones aren't and yeah. they're interested in interesting people and people that have compelling thoughts about the things that they focus on and they're interested in um, at the end of the day, good stories and things that are going to be interesting to their readers. And so that doesn't happen with one email that says, you know, hi, Jeff is available if you want to talk about this new product that's coming out on Tuesday. That's, that happens when you're like, hey, let's, um, let's go get drinks or dinner with, yeah. um, with this guy. Here's why I think you'd like him, you know. And I think that the more trust that we've built up with the journalists, the more they're going to trust us to say, okay, yeah, like Mike usually brings me interesting people. I'd yeah. love to do that. Yeah. Um, and so we do that with a lot of our, our clients. We'll set them up with, um, with dinners with a few members of the press, and we'll just try to get them in some kind of a relationship before they need anything. So That's that then really when it smart. comes time to like need something, hopefully there's been a relationship form and some trust yeah. and it works. Yeah. Cause I don't think the journalists want to be like a hired gun. It's like, I think you, the marketing mouthpiece <laughs> thing is a great point. It's yeah. Like, and, and like, think about, if, if you're a journalist, you're getting, you've got your own stories that you're interested in. You have your editorial mandates that they're telling you this is what you need to cover. Yep. You've got news that comes at you without you knowing it on a certain day. And then you've got, I don't know, hundreds of agencies that are pitching you stories because, um, you know, some of them relevant, but like probably 75% of them just sort of spray and pray. Um, that's a lot of, that's a lot of noise. The spray and pray. I feel, cause I've, I've had drinks with you in mm -hmm. some of like the tech crunch journalists or other, other publications. And they talk about that and they're like, I can't even read my email is like just mm -hmm. bombarded. And it's like, I think hiring and working with someone like you who has a relationship and also they just, they look at your email and they read it for what you're talking about. Not just like, Oh, this is some dude who wants me to, to be the that's corporate the mouthpiece. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's trust. And it's not even me. It's like the, we, I had this talk this morning. Um, uh, a guy who, who works with us, Tim is just outstanding. And, and we were talking about, he would, he'll take a day and spend a day like really reading up on a journalist and getting one pitch out to the right person instead of, you know, sending 12 out to people that may or may not be the thing. Um, and I think that, I know that, that the press appreciate that kind of, of thought um, because we get a lot of client referrals from yeah. press. Oh, is, that's super. I never thought really, about that. Like, it's one of the most validating wow. moments ever. Like we, got, we have a client um, called Cloud9 in New York. And yeah. um, I asked them, how, how did you find us? You know, like, because you guys are in New York. We don't really do the kind of PR that you would need. We're not known for that in New York. We do a lot of big brand stuff out there. Um, and she said, actually, you were a journalist referral. Um, and it was, it's a, a woman named Allison Chantel who we've worked with in the past. And like, we communicate with her not because we need something, but because like, 
I like her writing and yeah. I think she's great. And yeah. Got drinks and yeah. you know, like I like her as a person. So I think they reached out to us actually too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it went <laughs> anywhere. Right? I recognize that name. Yeah. That is pretty amazing though. Like if a journalist is, t- I mean, that's, that's gold. That means you're doing your job I mean, the right it's way. It's like, it's, I don't know. It's like you and me passing stuff back just because you're a journalist. I don't think of them as like this different no. type of person, yeah. you know, yeah. like they're just a new friend. That's what know? makes tech in Silicon Valley and New York and LA like so powerful is that people do those referrals and they trust mm-hmm. each other and they trust each other's network. It's really, really awesome. Uh, Uno's barking in the background. Mike has the most adorable dog. And if you subscribe to his Instagram account, you'll see this like super, yeah, you'll see this super cute dog, but that dog comes at you hard when you come in the door. Seven pounds of fury. (laughs) Uh, So uh, when you were, you know, you talked about like what you look for in a client. What are, what's some of the advice you give? Like, you know, a couple suggestions. Like if I come to you with a new idea, is it build the relationships early with the journalists? Like, how do you, how do you go about doing that? It depends on what that? the client is trying to do. Yeah. Um, you know, some of them are, they have a, a long-term product rollout schedule, and it's going to be a thing that exists for many years and is an enterprise-grade product, and others have an app. Um, others have a some kind of a service, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that depending on what your PR goals are, there's going to be different things to do, but I think some some safe... Some safe tips are, you know, think about the long term. Think about instead of like, how can the journalist help me? Think about how can I help this journalist? Like, yeah. why would they be interested in talking to me? How yeah. should I go about, um, you know, don't reach out and say, hi, I have this thing that's happening tomorrow. Um, oh, can you yeah. write on it? You yeah. know, like get in touch with them before you need to. And, and that, to be honest, that's why, you know, we're actually we're teaching. Um, we're, we're doing this thing called PR University, and we kick off on Thursday, and it's going to be like a free thing we do every couple every week oh. for five weeks, so anybody can come in, and we'll just like go over a different part of the process. That's super smart. Exa- exactly like what you're doing, and and I, you know, obviously it's going to be nice to to have some people that say, "Oh my God, this is great." It's also a lot. Like I guess I do maybe need to think about an agency, but um, I think. You know, founders are so like you're going in different directions, as you know, you have a thousand things to do. Even marketing managers internally at, at, at companies like PR is like a tiny slice of the pie. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that, you know, one piece of advice would be consider at a certain point when you think you're ready to have a story to tell. Um, you know, you might need an agency to help you do that, not because you can't, but because it's not your highest and best use. Like yeah. you need to be focused on sales or development or fundraising or whatever the thing might be that day. We always talk, I think you're doing, I think the the PR university is such a great idea because we talk about how a lot of times founders don't know what their financials are supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. They don't know that their prior accountant did a bad job until we actually show them. Like Mm -hmm. one of the things we do is put people on a a join.me and like go over their books before we touch them Mm -hmm. and say like, Hey, that's a problem right there. That's a problem. You know, these Mm -hmm. are all things that, and it sounds like that's kind of, you're, you're not, you're not, and we're not negative about it. We're just showing them our value add and showing them how. We, and it sounds like you're doing the same thing. It's like these, yeah. are, these are the rules. This is how you should do it. It's gonna be a lot. It's gonna you know you have other things to do as a founder. Mm-hmm. We can amplify your voice and make it easy for you. Sure. And and if you don't want to do an agency, then that's fine too. Like here's how to here's how you should yeah. think about approaching it. And you know hire somebody internal. Um, at some point they're gonna if if you're successful enough, then your your story will outgrow one person's ability to tell it, or you'll have. Um, more demand from the media side than you can fulfill. Um, But but just having somebody that's able to even take a look at an announcement and say, okay, this thing that's going to happen on Thursday, let's try to get an exclusive because it's not going to be something that 25 people cover, but somebody will. 
Um, and if they don't, let's have some content at the ready so that we can put it out into the world ourselves. Or let's yeah. think about next week. How do we turn it into yeah. an infographic? Or what data is going to come from this? Yeah. But think about it in a different way, not just like a binary A, this goes out into the world and people cover it, or B, nothing yeah. happens. You, know? you, you talked about content marketing. So like you were super early on that. And I tip of the cap to you. And that's one of the things we do a lot at Cruise mm-hmm. Consulting. We put a ton of content. Vanessa is such a good writer. She puts tons of stuff out. You came to me like we were having, not even came to me, we were having drinks like four or five years ago. And you're like, this content marketing is going to be big. I'm building the capabilities already. Mm-hmm. I know this is a good investment. Like, how did you anticipate that? What were you seeing? That was and- all Kyle. I mean, we as an agency saw it coming. Kyle was doing that in nine, 2009, 2010. Wow. Um, as part of J. Walter Thompson doing like brand stuff, helping yeah. brands think more like publishers yeah. and tell a story. Yeah, maybe explain to the listeners like content. What is yeah, content so marketing? like he worked with um, with Microsoft Silverlight and uh, some other campaigns at JWT, but like big scale stuff and helping them um, just starting to tell a story and act more as a publisher. If that makes sense, I, by, by that I mean, yeah. um, you know, make it interesting and engaging and authentic and not and have to, some authority. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and but but make it. I don't know. He his thing is is fill the internet with beautiful things, but make them interesting. And I think that that's, cool. that that's like if you think about commercials, like I'll watch a commercial if it's good, you know. And I don't care that J Crew put out that Casey Neistat skateboard thing. Like yeah. I think it's awesome, and I like him. Yeah. So I'll watch it. And it's it's a similar idea. So with the with big brands, like they understand that they have to pay for that. Um, or they like we we have staffs of you know ten people working on Qualcomm, twelve people working on. Google and they run it like a news desk and it's former editors and writers and, and people who have been journalists. And so they, and we build, you know, we build gifts and we run Tumblr pages and all of these things that are just fun and interesting and engaging. And wow. they, they level up to, um, you know, for Qualcomm, it's, it's a, a big message about getting the, the Snapdragon story out. Yep. So we target a very specific set of people who would, who would consider buying something because it has that chip in it and then give them things that they would want. Yeah. But they're good. It's not like an advertisement. It's quality content. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, you know, being able to apply that to a startup scale is not always easy. And I don't think startups necessarily always understand or expect to pay for that. Yeah. Um, but, but PR is something that I think is universally understood that like, this is a thing that I should have at some yeah. point, And this is a way to get my story out. And so once they kind of come into our, world under the the pr um tip of the spear then they they kind of get their head in and poke around and like oh i can do design that looks interesting yeah Yeah. and so we just roll it all into one and it's like hours or hours you can get what you want i love the fill the internet with beautiful little things that's exactly what we do too yeah it's like you know people are gonna find it whether they're searching for it or seeing on social media and it's we a lot of times we talk about it as like a breadcrumb trail, mm-hmm. and it's like they find one thing that Vanessa has written, and then they can't help but read ten of yeah, them. Yeah, because it's good. It, it's good, and it really helps. And it's them. not an advertisement. It's yeah. not like this thing that's interrupting the experience that yeah. you're trying to have by yeah. saying, "Hey, look at me." You know, yeah. it's like this. It is the experience, yeah. and so then you tend to trust yeah. it more. It's amazing. I thank you for all the advice you've given us on that too. Sure, like that's it's a big. It's big for us. So <laughs> what's you know, you talked about people coming in through PR and then oftentimes they mm-hmm. see, see content management like or content marketing. Is is it a stepping stone? Like PR is the first thing and then content? It's all integrated. What do you, how do you size up a, a client and and give them, like, you're the doctor. You're mm-hmm. prescribing them. What, what do you what do you? We kind of look in? at, so Hotel Tonight is a good example of yeah. that. Like they... They, um, they hired us to do PR, and they have a schedule of stuff that's going to happen. Some of it's product-related. Some of it's, like, announcement-related and, and internal to the company, like a funding announcement or something like that or a new hire. Um, some of it's events-driven. Um, some of it is 
more on the content side. And so that's where we kind of look at what is your first six months look like, for yep. example, and then lay it out visually. So we have product thing here, uh, company announcement thing here, other product thing here. And then in between, how do we stay relevant? How do we continue to, you know, excite our core audience and, and drive awareness to people who may not have heard of hotel tonight. And so that's where we come up with like, okay, what kind of data do we have access to? Yeah. How can we package that up into something interesting? And then who do we take that to? Is it a thing that we take to the press and we pitch it and we, you know, give it to fast company and then they, they it's exciting to them because it's interesting data that they wouldn't otherwise have. Or do we put it out on our own blog? Do we make these little snackable chunks of things and just tweet them? You know, yeah. I mean, it's all sort of part of an integrated package, but we try to wrap it up and then, you know, when you can look at it like horizontally stretched out on a page and see where to put stuff, it makes it easy. A timeline. To, yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. A timeline, that horizontal, yeah. I've horizontal ne- thing <laughs> yeah. stretched out on a page. I've never thought about, like, that's, that's really good. What's some, what's some, this is a little cheesy, but it's a real question. Like, what do you, what advice do you get people who are getting into PR now? Aside from working at CodeWord, obviously. You mean as yeah, a career? Like, you know, coming out of college, coming out of MBA, like what? I would say, so, you know, I, there's, a couple paths you can take. I think it's good to start at an agency. You get some fundamentals that, that you probably need, but um, consider whether a big name agency is something that you really should do. I think that bigger, older, more traditional agencies can be really good and helpful if you're the right kind of person to be there and you can have structure and you can learn. You can get stuck too and you can kind of be shielded from client engagements for yeah. a longer period of time. So I think it really depends on what kind of a person you are trying to get into this field. If you're somebody who's very sort of confident, entrepreneurial, and self-starter, I would say go to a small shop where you can get exposed to a ton of stuff as fast as you can and um, make your own way quickly. And then, you know, after a few years, go try and get in-house somewhere. Go work for a brand or a startup and try and get some skin in the game because, you know, you might might not win and the startup might go under um, or you might win big and then you're kind of set, you know, and and it's... um, Either way, you'll learn from the failure and, and sort of see, when I look back on my career, the stuff that has taught me the most and that I think, oh man, I remember that learning is usually when I fell on my face or something bad happened at the company or it's, it's never like, oh, we had this huge, you know, easy funding announcement of $100 million from a name partner. Like that taught me a lot about X. Yeah. That taught yeah. me that people are interested in important things. Yeah. <laughs> like you, didn't, you don't learn anything. But um, so I think, you know, take some risks is what I'd say because when you're your early 20s like who cares yeah i think people don't always realize like your career can be very resilient you know Mm -hmm. as long as you're learning along the way people love that and people do love people who take risks like they're gonna hire you you know and i'd and also like (laughs) don't do pr go travel go take two years and travel like i whenever i hire people everybody out there has has traveled a lot you know and i I just think that is that just seeing the world or knowing how to talk to people or i think it's both like i think if you travel you're you're a better person right like you're you're a forcing yourself to get outside your comfort zone you're b taking a risk throwing yourself into a weird place and like thriving and um you know people who who have spent like a year in some place different are invariably just you know they, they take shit in stride there. It's easy to like, they go with the flow with stuff more and they're just more worldly. Yeah. Confident. That's, that's really good point. We actually let some of our team members work remotely for a mm-hmm. couple of weeks and it's like, it just breaks it up for them. And they yeah. do get the, one of our guys is in New York right now and he's having a blast, but he's also doing a ton of meetings and he's getting out of his comfort zone. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really good feeling. Yeah. Our people um, too. Like if they, you know, they're all over the place from time to time and it's kind of like, okay, until, 
it's it's they're usually the right kind of people, but it, it the people who aren't the people that can handle that very quickly sort of <laughs> that becomes apparent. You know? <laughs> How do you manage like you have strong partners? Like I can tell mm-hmm. you have a strong partnership with your f- co-founders. How do you manage bi-coastal? Like what do you, what are some tricks you guys do? Or do uh, we try to do. You know, open? it's it's really hard. We try to um we try to to do team like all staff meetings every couple of weeks, and then depending on interest, that that will wane sometimes. Um, the thing, I, there's no substitute for face-to-face yeah. um, at a company that's our size. It's not like we have budget to just fly everybody back and yeah. forth so they can spend time together. Yeah. But we do, you know, for client work, if there's a, a client reason to be in another office, we encourage that all the yeah. time. Um, and I think, you know, we, we've had some issues that have come up with people just not knowing each other and then having 90% of their interaction be on email. So then it can get a little bit yeah. itchy, right? Yeah, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. tone is not best communicated yeah. through email. I always try to get people to call each yeah. other, pick yeah. up the phone, like spend time with each other. And then uh, for the partners and I, we run, you know, we, we have weekly calls that are a couple hours to go over all of the accounts one by one and all of the finances mm. behind those and hours and people. And, you know, it's a lot of work, but it's something that we've just sort of built into smart. the way that we grew the agency. Yeah. When there were 10 people, you know, we did it that way. Yeah. What's what's next for you guys? Like this is you I don't know. know. You built an amazing. Company I think we're here. just going to keep going. We all yeah. like what we're doing. Um, we we like the work. We're going to continue to grow. Um, but we're we're proud of what we do. I think we're always trying to look for ways to um, just be better. Yeah. You know. And so I respect you. You do do that, and I respect that. Like it's really fun talking to you, you about this stuff. Yeah. What's where, tell tell people where they can find you like your URL? And- yeah, you can find us at codewordagency.com. Um, our Twitter handle is also codewordagency. Um, we have offices down by the ballpark in San Francisco. We're in New York on like sixth and thirtieth, I want to say, um, for the Salt Lake audience. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're at Thanksgiving Point. Um, Salt Lake is up and coming. Actually, it, no, it is. it's I a talked great- to tons of Salt Lake City yeah. startups now. One of my friends is uh, this guy uh, Gavin is a hmm. is a seed stage investor there. Gavin Christensen, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That guy. No way, yeah, right. he's a business school. Friends. He was a classmate of mine. Oh, no way. Yeah, 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 he's a good dude. Um, yeah, small. They're they're doing well. Yeah, um, cool. So in you can just log on to the website. You, you give me yeah. your email address so they can send check you. us out. You can hit me at mike at codewordagency.com. And what's your Instagram so they can follow Uno? My around. Instagram is uh, mab two Awesome. And we're, we're both breathing a big <laughs> sigh of relief today because Steph Curry's knee is oh, okay. Yeah. You're a big Warriors fan. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? You think we can do it this year? Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. And uh, again, Mike Brash, Code Word Agency, thank you for spending time with us. Yeah, thank appreciate you. It.